the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. I honestly believe one of the most important chapters in the Word of God is in the Old Testament, and it honestly, it has shaped mankind more than you may know. It has been discussed at length. It has been ignored, but if followed, is one of the greatest blessings for civilization, and we'll talk about this for the next couple of days, Exodus 20, and we'll discuss the Ten Commandments. Now, we welcome you to Exploring the Word today. Alex McFarland here, along with my longtime friend and colleague, Bert Harper, and we invite you to join us as we get into the Bible, and we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments, but Bert, it's a blessing to start another week of Exploring the Word, and uh, let me say a uh, happy belated Fourth of July. I, I trust y'all had a really good Fourth holiday. We did, and and we say that to people. We took an extremely long holiday, but we had a great holiday on Friday and Saturday. We had Harper reunions, so Wonderful. we were good, and I got to see all of my grandchildren, my sons, and my daughter-in-laws, but that was great, and we celebrated the Fourth in such a great way, but Man, I heard that you had a great time up in the great state of Indiana. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sure we probably have some folks listening right now that we met over the weekend. I had the privilege of being in Indiana, uh, outside of Indianapolis, in Flora and Kokomo, Indiana. Um, Pastor Mark Huffman of uh, Grace Bible Church, and there were, oh, I don't know, nine or ten churches involved, and we had this wonderful Gospel Fest, and I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, for one thing, Bert, I don't know if you've been to Indiana or been there in early summer like we were. That has got to be one of the most beautiful parts oh. of our country, and just so beautiful there in Indiana. The weather was perfect, and I got to the floor, the fairgrounds at Flora, Indiana, and there were all these flowers around some of the sidewalks, and I mean, it looked like the Garden of Eden. It was just beautiful, but the best part of all was we got to preach the gospel and uh, see people respond to the gospel, see people pray for the United States of America, and I just had one of the best Fourth of Julys ever. But, Bert, I'll tell you this. Everybody ask about Bert Harper and exploring the Word and for all just the, the love and enthusiasm of the people of Indiana, we want to say thank you. Yeah, we love Indiana. I was there at Kokomo several years ago, and the pastor, Steve Sherwood, and his wife, Evelyn, and uh, it was a joy to be with them and share with them and just some great people. And I agree with you. It is beautiful. I'm an old country boy. So to see <laughs> the corn on one side of the field and the beans on the other side and it was just a joy. So praise the Lord for that, Alex. And, uh, you know, you go to that part of uh, the country and, and you just see these people that love the Lord. And uh, sometimes I believe the news distorts how many people out there, uh, you know, there's thousands and thousands that love Jesus Christ with all their heart and uh, serving him. And what a joy it is for us when we travel to get to meet them. And I know you well, enjoyed that. 
Yeah, and and I met a lot of people that are in agriculture, and I, you know that speaks to my heart because you know our family was in agriculture full time for sixty some years, and um, some young adult men. I, I think about these guys I was talking to. We had a Sunday morning church service at the kind of like a livestock arena there at the fairgrounds, and some of these young men that are farming. And they say they listen to uh, American Family Radio uh, in their tractor. And it thrills my heart. And folks, let me say, wherever you are in America, be in prayer, because uh, let me tell you, all is not lost. I mean, we hear so much uh, bad news, but I want you to know, uh, Indiana reminds me that God has his remnant of people. And there are still people out there that love God and country, and they, they pray for America a lot of young people, and I just want to thank God for the blessed weekend I had. And we've got a few things coming up. This week, I will tell you, folks, not right now, but I'm going to tell you some places I'm going to be uh, in Missouri later this month and uh, other things. But, uh, Bert, the 4th of July is real special to me, and it does relate to what we want to talk about, the Ten Commandments, because our nation, yes, folks, it is true that America, our, our government, our judiciary, was based on the principles of God's Word. That's why when whenever we go with David Barton, uh, and we were up in uh, the Capitol about three years ago with David Barton and a lot of the AFR staff, we went to the Bible Museum, but we took a tour of the Capitol. And all over, you'll see a man seated holding two tablets, and yep. it's Moses, and, and the Decalogue, Deca the prefix for 10, the Ten Commandments. And Fourth um, of July reminds me of our great heritage, but it also reminds me of our urgent responsibility to call our nation back to that heritage, that, that our freedoms and our nation won't be lost. And that's the reason AFA exists, started, and exists today. Two principles. Yes, to for us to be called back to these principles that we were established by uh, concerning God, but also to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're doing, and and we pray that you would pray for us as we do that. And as we study the, these Ten Commandments, you said they were in the Exodus chapter 20. They were so important that 40, close to 40 years later, right before they went back to this, uh, go into the promised land, that mm-hmm. they were quoted again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And, yeah. and we lose sight of that sometimes. Again, Exodus 20 was, is where they were given. That's where ex, Paul uh, Moses received them. But there in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, which means second law given, that's the meaning of the word Deuteronomy, yeah. second law given, that it was given to them. Notice when it happened. There's several reasons for the Ten Commandments. Alex and you and I discussed it. It was never for salvation. Never right, was right. it for salvation. Grace Uh, by grace through faith has always been the right way. Abraham believed God. He he had faith in the Lord. It said that Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. Again and again, we see the faith and grace that not by keeping of the law, but the law does have purpose. And let me just share one of them with all my heart because we're talking about July the 4th. Write this, Exodus chapter 20, they were given before they were supposed to go in to the promised land. But at Kadesh Barnea, they backed down, did not. They wandered for 40 years. And now in Deuteronomy chapter 5, 
when they're about to go back into the promised land, guess what Moses gives them again? He reminds them of those same commandments that was given earlier. This is how you will govern yourself. This is the principles of God. I'm revealing the character of God. The first four have to deal with man's relationship to God, and the last six has to deal with the relationship man has with man. Mm -hmm. Now, Alex, that's the proper order. If we'll get right with God, if we really get right with God, what will we try to do with our fellow man? Be right with him. Is that not oh, yeah. right? Yes, of course. Uh, if we're right with God, we, we'll want to do right with each other. And, you know, I always love whenever I go into business, and there, there are businesses I go in, and you'll see posted on the wall are the Ten Commandments. And, Bert, I always love that because you're right. Just as, as Moses restated and re-reminded the people— which I, I really think that's part of the spirit of Deuteronomy 6, where it says you hold these, these words of God's truth in front of your eyes. I mean, there was a day when classrooms, certainly courtrooms, and businesses and homes, they would post the Ten Commandments. Now, I want to read these, and I think we continually, daily, we need to be re-reminded of God's truth. And Bert, as you said, this, this isn't the plan of salvation. But we look at the perfect law of God, and it reminds us of how much we need a Savior. But Exodus 20, it says, I'm going to be brief, and then we'll unpack these. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Number five, honor thy father and thy mother. Number six, thou shalt not kill. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And number ten, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. I mean, those are the, ba the basic overview. But when you look at this, and this is certainly not original with me, many people have said it, um, we don't always measure up. We often fall far short. But if we generally would live by the Ten Commandments, it would be a pretty good world, wouldn't it, Bert? It would be. And again, I'm reminded years ago, a lot of our listeners may be young enough they couldn't remember what Ted Turner said. He said, there are no longer Ten Commandments, there are Ten Suggestions. Well, mm. I, I rem you remember that Bad comment? Bad news. Yeah. And I do. They're not, let me, I want to restate this. I hate to say it, they're not even taking as suggestions with some people today. There's yes. something to ignore. There are lists seemingly to do right the opposite of those things. In other words, thou shall have many gods. Yes, you shall make anything God. Uh, don't show mercy to anyone. Use all the foul language that you can. Uh, you know, desecrate the things that are holy, like a, a holy day. Uh, disrespect your mom and dad. Kill, especially mm. those that are in the womb. You know, adultery, that's not enough. You need to have all kinds of sexual perversion. Mm. You shall still, I, I want what I have and I want what you have, and the law permits me to go into that store and take it, just like they do. Target had to shut down stores because so much people were stolen, so much merchandise was stolen during the, the you know, when they were rioting. 
And then finally, lie as much as you can. Today it's not called lying. It's called spin, and you can get away with it. And mm. covet, yeah, a man wants everything. You want what they have, and you take it. So, Alex, I, yeah, I hope I hope nobody turned into that and thought I was re- repeating the Ten Commandments. I was doing right the opposite. But that's the world that a lot of people are promoting. You catch what I'm saying? Exactly. And do you know what? I, I've said this, and folks, if you're just tuning in, Bert and I, we're going to spend a few days uh, really looking deeply at God's Ten Commandments. But, Bert, I said many years ago that, you know, speaking on university campuses is like one of the core values of young people was sexual license. But I say today the core value is just license. You know, just I'm going to do anything I want to do, no boundaries whatsoever. Now think about this, folks. And I've said this many times. I won't digress on this topic right now, but I absolutely love the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. I really love that movie. And when I was a little boy and we would watch it and the, the, the fire would carve those words in the tablets of stone and written with the finger of God. Bert, let me say this. When something's carved in stone, it can't be edited. Am I right? You are right. I, I mean, look, um, ink on paper, you might erase or change, but when something is chiseled in stone, you don't change it. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons God wrote those tablets of stone, because this is permanent, not to be changed. And again, it reveals God's character. He cares about marriage. He cares about life. He cares about ownership. He cares about you. And so let these Ten Commandments. Jesus said they're summed up in two in the New Testament, and we'll get to that as well. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word, and Alex and Bird is here, and we'll be back right after the break. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Dr. Richard Stone, Principal Deputy Undersecretary for Health at the Veterans Health Administration. He oversees the delivery of health care to more than 9 million veterans in the United States. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 reminds us of God's blessings of health. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Dr. Richard Stone as he serves our country's veterans. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says it's important to understand who's on your side and who isn't especially when it comes to spiritual things. He'll share a powerful illustration with us today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Like the lady who looked in a rearview mirror and there was a big truck behind her and sitting up in the truck was a man and the man was following her. When she turned right, he turned right. When she turned left, he turned left. When everywhere he turned, he pulled the big rig right behind her. So she's getting terrified. She's getting scared. She's trying to shake this guy. She can't shake this guy. This guy is showing up wherever she turns. But finally, she's terrified because she doesn't know where this is going. So she pulls into a gas station. She jumps out of the car. She runs into the store that's associated with the gas station because she 
she doesn't know what this guy in this big truck is up to. When she jumps out the car and runs into the store, the guy gets out of the big truck and he comes to her car. He pulls open the back seat and he takes a man who had slipped into her car to do damage to her. In other words, she was running from her savior. She was running from the one who was to deliver her. But because she didn't have the right perspective of who he was, she didn't get the full benefit of what he came to do. He was sitting high, looking low, saw the situation. But because she didn't have that perspective, she didn't look at him the right way. Many of us are missing what Jesus is trying to do. And we think the one who's after us is trying to hurt us when the one who's after us is trying to deliver us from something else that's trying to hurt us. But unless you have that perspective, you'll miss out on the one who's sitting as high priest, the one who's sitting on the throne, the deliverer. You can read hundreds of Dr. Evans' best stories in Tony Evans' book of illustrations. Check into getting a copy today at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. And the Salvation Army Band is playing this hymn. And your grace rings out so deep, it makes my resistance seem so thin. So hold me, Jesus, cause I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? Amen. I pray that you've trusted Jesus and you're following him and he is your prince of peace. Alex, you remember what Jesus said about the commandments? Jesus said, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know, Mm. Jesus, there's so many things. I don't know anything about him I don't love. But him getting to the bottom line of things when he was before Pilate, He said, you have no power except the power that God's given you, the Father I've given you. You know, he was was that way. He would tell Judas, you know, what was what. And so, but there they are. They're summed up in two. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Alex, uh... Let's, let's, let's put it into perspective. You know, you, you simplify the Ten Commandments, and that's what you come up with, isn't it? Well, it is. It is. And by the way, folks, let me encourage you to um, familiarize yourself and study. I mean, we mentioned earlier the, the preeminent location is Exodus 20. Uh, really, you know, 1 through 26, but also you mentioned Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is a restatement. And, of course, you know... Um, uh, Exodus, let me say this to Exodus 31.18 references the two tablets God gave Moses, and I love this, Exodus 31.18, written with the finger of God. That's right. Now, 32.15, uh, well, let me read Exodus 32.14, then I want to talk a little bit about the content of it and Jesus's um, affirmation of it. The Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain, 
and the two tablets of testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides, on the one side and on the other side they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. Exodus 32:14-16. I think about the writing of God. Bert, I've, I've told this when I went to Amsterdam 2000, the Billy Graham Conference in the Netherlands, and I got to meet uh, uh, Nate Saint and some of the uh, Alka Indians, very famous, the end of the spear, and uh, Min Kay, one of the natives, and he's passed on now, but he talked about how they had killed the missionaries, Jim Elliott and the others, and he said, because prior to this, we did not know God's carvings, and that's, that's what they call the Word of God. God's carvings. And I just think it's such a beautiful thing that we have the Word of God. Not just the Word of man, but we have the Word of God. And and nowhere importantly is that inscribed, no, no more important than the Ten Commandments, because again, this is not how you get saved. In fact, if we're honest about the, a look at the Ten Commandments, they're very convicting, because we know we, we have told a lie. We, we have stolen things. I mean, if you've ever sloughed off at work, that's stealing, you know? You're supposed to be working and you clock in five minutes late. Technically, that's stealing. Uh, and we have coveted things that didn't belong to us. And we have, look, every child that's ever said, I didn't throw the ball in the house, my sister did it. <laughs> We've borne false witness, haven't we, Bert? We have, and again... That law was given us to reveal to us the character of God, but at the same time, it reveals our character in the yeah. other way. And that's, that's what it's about. And we see our need for him. And so this is the Ten Commandments that were given. They're beautiful. Again, Jesus would talk about them committing adultery in your heart. Uh, Jesus would talking about coveting as, as he would refer to these and talk about them. And again, here, here they are in simple language. Trust God only. Worship God only. Use God's name in ways that honor him. This is the positive. Rest on the Sabbath day and think about God. Respect and obey your parents. Protect and respect human life. Be true to your husband or your wife. Do not take Amen. what belongs to others. Do not lie about others. And be satisfied with what you have. Paul said that. I've learned to be satisfied in whatever state I find myself. I know what it is to do without. I know what it is to have plenty. But I found out that Jesus is the true satisfaction. And so, Alex, uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, again, they uh, people that want to ignore the Old Testament, uh, they're missing out on the blessings of it. You say, well, I don't understand all of that. Don't wear this kind of cloth. Don't eat this kind of food. Well, it had to do with identity. You know, one of the things we want to do, we want to identify with Christ. And back then, mm -hmm. this they had moved into pagan territory. you got to remember this. In Exodus and Deuteronomy, they were getting ready to move into pagan territory. By pagan, I mean pagan. They were all, everything that I said in a mocking way about what people believe today is right concerning the Ten Commandments and turning them upside down, that's what they were practicing. There were seven different tribes that were spread out all over what we call Canaan or the Promised Land, 
and every one of them had their own gods, and they were killing babies. Uh, they were, you know, desecrating people, and God was moving them into a situation where, and it's part of evangelism. Uh, evangelism, we go out, but there it says, go in, live this kind of life, let people see when you obey, obey me, you're blessed, and when you're blessed more than them, they'll say, why in the world are you getting these cattle? Just like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Look how they multiplied their, their calves, their goats. And they're saying, mm -hmm. how do you do this? Obedience to God, worshiping God alone. Alex, even the Ten Commandments are evangelistic, brother. Well, they really are. They really are. By the way, very, you were talking about how God was bringing them in, and, you know, Exodus 20 begins, it says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Okay, verse 3 then. Here's commandment number one. You shall have no other gods before me. See, when Israel was out there uh, going into the promised land, and like you say, they, they traveled through pagan lands. Look, People who don't know the true and living God, they create false religions of, of man-made gods. Now, a term we've talked about many times, you don't hear it so much anymore, but you would hear the phrase revealed religion. Now, God's, God has revealed himself, and, and revealed religion, I mean, that's a kind of a 19th century word for Christianity, because what is the revelation of God? Well, the written word, Scripture, uh, the incarnate word, Jesus, the Son of God, the empty tomb. See, when we say you can be saved, put your faith in Christ, I mean, this is no man's opinion or, or you know, best guess. No, this is what God has revealed. Now, the opposite of revealed religion is paganism, idols, uh, human sacrifice, a lot of things. But do you know, Bert, there's a fancy technical word that's been used, and I'm going to use it in a negative sense, although progressive liberals use it and they affirm it, but it's called indigenous religions. Yeah. Now, indigenous religion, that's not Christianity. That's uh, animism. People think there are spirits in rocks and trees and and all around the world, it used to be that if you heard of indigenous religions, that was talking about the foreign mission field in Africa or something. Nowadays, um, well, I'll put it this way. Fifteen years ago, I was doing some speaking at some universities in Canada. The last time I spoke in a Canadian university would have been in February of 2018. And there was more than a few professors that asked me what was my feeling on the the rights of followers of indigenous religions. Now, the reason I bring this up, you might have seen in the news over the weekend, there were four churches burned to the ground in Canada. And they said, why? They said, because there's anger on the part of the followers of indigenous religions. Well, uh, those indigenous pagans need to be born again through the revealed Son of God, Jesus. So part of the reason, let me tell you why I told you all that. In Exodus 20, uh, first of all, we, we see the identity of God and the work of God, then any prohibition against false gods. 
one last thing, and I want your thoughts. In Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Okay, back to Exodus 21 and 2. God is God. And what are some of the things he's done? Well, he brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, because there is only one true and living God. We have Exodus 23, that we shall have no other gods before him. Am I right, Bert? You're right on, Alex. And what you said in verse, the end of verse 2, or what is said, out of the house of what? Bondage. bondage. In other yep. words, what do you get? Bondage. You go from bondage to freedom. And real freedom is found with these limitations, okay? Uh, freedom with no limitations is suicide. Let me give you the example. Driving down the highway in a car, 90 miles an hour with no brakes. Mm. Okay. Oh, that scares me just to think yeah. about it. Oh, this is freedom. This is what I want. No, you need some limitations. Those limitations are called what? breaks and here god says if you want real freedom out of out of real bondage you're going to have this freedom with these with these barriers with these boundaries with these breaks and so and they were going into a land where they had none of these boundaries they killed they committed adultery they were polytheistic worshiping many gods they didn't honor life Life was cheap. So they were going into a territory that was completely opposite of what it was. And so out of this bondage, God gives freedom. And the first thing you do is have no other gods before me. Why? Because if you have any other God before me, you're going to step back into, guess what? Bondage. And, and, mm. and this is what they think. They think that going out and having no limits brings freedom but in reality, ask alcoholics, does the freedom to bring, uh, drink all the alcohol you want really bring freedom? It does not. Mm. It brings bondage. I got to have some more. You remember what Proverbs? When they wake, they'll search for it again. And, and, and that's the reason. And they asked, was it John D. Rockefeller, how much money was enough? And he said, one mm. more dollar, you know? And just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. So all of these things that you have, that he says don't do and the things he says do is for our benefit to keep us out of bondage and keep us free. And mm. so, Alex, the lie of the devil is that this really brings bondage when it really brings freedom. Now, again, it doesn't save you. It brings freedom to the individual. But I want to say this again. It brings freedom to the society in which practices these. You catch what oh, I'm saying? exactly. In other exactly. words, ownership. If I'm the only person that owns anything, I don't have to worry about it. But in a collective group of people in a society, that private ownership is so important. Not to hoard, but to have and to share. And that was the principle God would give. Oh, man, well said. Very well said. And and let me say this. We've had, so many, had sermons on... Number three, you shall have no other gods before me. I mean, verse three, it's the first commandment. Uh, listen, by definition, God is in a category of one. Amen. <laughs> I, I mean, you think about this. And and I've had college students ask me, and, and it's, it's a fair question, how do you know there's only one God? 
Well, you know, by definition, for one thing, God has revealed himself this way. And I, I thought this was brilliant. I heard a minister say one time that we have got to trust that God knows who he is. Okay, God has revealed that he is eternal, that he is righteous, he's a holy God. Yes, he's a loving and merciful God, but because he's a just God, sin has to be dealt with. Bert, uh, let me say this. Um, huh, if, raising kids, you, you know what those little blocks are, Legos? Yes, I do. <laughs> Have you ever stepped barefoot oh, me. on a Lego? Every time my grandsons <laughs> come over, guess what we do before they leave? Collect all the army men. They still have, y'all. Oh. You remember those little green army oh. men? We, I probably still have some. Well, somewhere. we still got some that my sons <laughs> played with, and now my grandsons play with them. That in the Legos, and if they miss one, I usually find it, Alex. And I, it's well, not because I'm looking; it's because I step on it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, um, barefoot on a Saturday morning about six a.m. and you're <laughs> you're not quite awake, and you step on a on a Lego just right, it really hurts. But here, my dear nephew Benjamin, that uh, now he's married and has a child and a very godly young man. But Benjamin, I remember I would say, uh, pick up all those Legos. And one time he uh, was in a hurry, and so he swept them under the rug. And I stepped, <laughs> and I looked, and I said, you know what? Uh, you might have swept them under the rug, but I know they're still there. Uh, here's my point. God, being a holy God, he doesn't sweep our sin under the rug. Now, sin or anything swept under the rug, you might have partially obscured it, but you still know it's there. And because God is a holy God, he says sin has to be dealt with. And the first and foremost thing, we can have no other gods but one, the Lord himself. And Jesus Christ dealt with our sin, and he died on the cross so that we could have forgiveness. I pray you've trusted him. I pray that you have. Hey, we're going to take phone calls. That number, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Give us a call. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Buck. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. Airing the Addisons. Project Lincoln is a Republican outfit that hates Trump. But they are saying that they are going to go after other Republicans who favor Trump and track them. And they're going to keep the world up to date on where these people are so that they never work in this country again. Airing the Addisons, weekday afternoons at 2 Central on AFR. If you miss it, catch the podcast anytime at AFR.net. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. In a departure from basic biology and accurate identification, the U.S. State Department is promoting the freedom, dignity, and equality of all people by allowing passport applicants to choose the sex that suits them. 
Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced the department is updating its procedures for issuing passports and consular reports of birth abroad to ensure the fair treatment of LGBTQI plus U.S. citizens, regardless of their gender or sex. No matter how popular a lie becomes, it's still a lie. Truth is not subject to popular vote. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke 7, verse 13, Jesus said to a grieving mother, Do not weep. A weary mom woke early on her birthday to the happy sounds of her kids in the kitchen. She was touched to think that they remembered her birthday and were making her breakfast. She readied herself to enjoy a less than perfect but lovingly prepared meal. Then her kids burst into her room. Happy birthday, Mom, they cried. We made our own breakfast today. You don't have to do anything. Then they ran from the room and went out to play. Sometimes you may feel that no one sees you, but Jesus sees you. He cares deeply about your deepest hurts, your needs, and your desires. You can tell him everything, and he will help you. He loves you so much. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert, we're so glad you're with us. The number, 888-589-8840. That's the number for phone calls. We're going to open up the lines here in just a minute. And uh, Bert, uh, uh, I'm just so excited about our book is coming out pretty soon. And uh, it's up on Amazon, but I'm not going to announce it just yet. But folks, we have been working on a book for the better part of a year and uh, we pray that you'll lift it up and pray that God will use it in a great way. Uh, first of all, I want to go to Jim in Ohio. Jim, uh, are you there? Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello, Jim. Let me push it again. Jim, are you there? Yes. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for holding. You're the first caller on the first week of Exploring the Word, first day of the week. So welcome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but before I start, Alex, I want to say I, I recently rewatched one of your debates with David Silverman. And um, just want to say, man, I'm just proud the way you proud of you, the way you you handled yourself. Uh, you were always polite and gracious and and calm. And it, it was just uh just a blessing to, to be able to watch that. So thank you. Well, um, to God be the glory. Amen. Yeah, right. Um, just would like to know if you and Bert could recommend a book for me. Um, something about discipling where you could put this book in the hands of a mature Christian 
and it would take away any fear of maybe not knowing what to do or how to do it, something that you could go through with uh, the person that you're discipling, you know, um, eight or ten weeks or whatever. Um, is there anything like that ex- that exists? Jim, mm. great question. Alex, let me give this. The first thing you want to do is build a foundation, and there's two that come to my mind, and I think they're still available, and they're workbooks. Uh, you know, they're workbooks, Experiencing God. Uh, you know, Alex, Experiencing God is a great book. Dude. And uh, it, the other one is Master Life. And either yeah. one of those, you might go to Lifeway Christian Resources and find both of those, Jim. And and they really now it's not it's not apologetics, but it is the foundation of walking with Christ. Both both of those do that, don't they, Alex? They, they really do. They really do. And of course, experiencing God, many of you will remember, probably twenty years ago, Henry Blackaby was just so mightily used by God to touch millions of lives, my own included. Uh, let me say this: I'm going to throw a name out here, and and you know. The, the timeless truths really have no expiration date. There was a major man of God named Robert Coleman, and he wrote a book. Um, he, his most famous book is called The Master Plan of Evangelism. And honestly, if you only owned one evangelism book, it's a little bitty book, The Master Plan of Evangelism. But Robert E. Coleman also wrote a book called The Master Plan of Discipleship. And, you know, one thing I did when I was back in seminary, and I'm, you know, this is 25 years ago, but truth doesn't go out of date. Timeless truth. We went through that. We had a professor that took us, and we would go about one chapter every two weeks, the master plan of discipleship. And Bert, was Robert Coleman, was he part of Billy Graham's ministry or something? I mean... I don't remember um, I, that, uh, but I, I mean, I just know him as that great, great author of those books you said, Alex. I don't remember his background. You get, uh, you know, it's so good uh, that he stands alone. I mean, I don't yeah, mean that, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, yes, he may have worked for this or been a part of that, but those books were, they were they life-changing. Were, they were. And it, I'm going to say this, and we'll go to the next call. Robert Coleman's book, uh, the master plan of evangelism. And again, he did the master plan of discipleship. But look, so many churches are wanting to grow. And in in his book about the master plan of evangelism, there's, there's trainers training people under them. Disciplers become uh, disciplers, you see. And it's really almost like delegating. And your your ministry is always replicating itself. And i got to tell you, I think any church that implemented just this basic, simple, nuts-and-bolts suggestions of Robert Coleman would, would probably grow a thriving tr- church, you know? Amen. But, um, Jim, thank you about discipleship. We're going to go to Virginia. Uh, Virginia, and we're going to talk to Ruth. Thank you for holding, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I'd like to know, I know God forgives us. I do, and I accept that. I would like to know, how do you forgive yourself without having hating yourself? Okay, Ruth. shameful. Amen. Mm. Listen, let me share this. Uh, I want to read a verse. It's from Isaiah 
chapter 43, verse 25, and then I also want to read one of the New Testament. Isaiah, and you can write this down, Ruth, if you had a pen and look it up. God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. That's what God does. He blots them out for my own sake. God does that. So when you're remembering them and bringing them up, you're going against what God has already done. And honestly, do we forgive ourselves? Listen to this passage and stay with me, Ruth. Just don't don't go out on me too fast. When Jesus, in Mark chapter 2, Jesus healed the man that was let down from the roof with the four men, and it says he forgave his sins, and the Pharisees there were saying, who can forgive sin but God? That is true. What you do, Ruth, and I, I think this helps because it's more than a play on words that I'm talking about. I'm talking about reality. What you do, Ruth, you receive what God has already done and live in that. Uh, the How do I forgive myself? Who can forgive sin but who? God. So God mm. has done that. You live, you live that way in his salvation. You live that way in his forgiveness. He, Ruth, he has forgiven you. Live Amen. in that. And when Satan comes up to remind you of that, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. God has forgiven me. I'm living in that that God has already done. Alex, go ahead. Amen. And don't, Bert, don't we have to sort of, um, by trusting God's word, you know, we take God at his word and he says our sins are washed away. We know we have eternal life. Don't we uh, have to give ourselves permission to, to be at peace with ourselves. That's exactly, and that's what it is, Ruth. It's more peace. Uh, when and, and again, I don't know who came up with the phrase, and again, I'm not getting on to you for using it. Don't you hear me? I don't want to put more guilt on you, but, mm. you know, receive what God has done. And Alex has said, live in that peace. I remember a lady that was going through the same struggle you were, and we came through that, and she said, I can't forgive myself. And when I shared with that, that God's forgiveness is real, it's not something, it's something you've received, you live in that. And Alex, what you said was, she came back to me and she said, for the first time, I have peace. So hmm. Ruth, uh, it's the peace of God. You've already received that. You need, uh, you've received the peace with God. You need to receive the peace of God. Let hmm. him reign yeah. in your heart. May God I ask bless a question? You. Go ahead. Yeah. What if your family keeps reminding you of how you sinned? Well, you take. I, I I'm kind of a short-sighted guy. I'm I'm I recognize the source. Okay, recognize the source. That's what you do. I've pastored. I pastored for nearly forty years, and when certain people would come to me and say certain things. I have to admit it, I considered the source and moved on. And their source, they're trying to bring you down. They're trying to hurt you. Consider the source and move on. And I, I know that's, I don't know if that sounds rough or not, Alex, but it's true. And and let me just say this, and, and we're going to get to the next cause. Ruth, I appreciate you calling in. Oftentimes, uh, the devil tries to discourage us and people that are close to us and people that we love and, and they love us. And I, I am sure your family loves you. Uh, but 
Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. You have got to train yourself to see yourself from God's perspective. And, you know, um, the devil w- wants you to be discouraged. And and I don't mean this arrogantly or, or to be cocky or anything, but you've got to remind yourself, no, I'm a daughter of the king. My name is written in his book. He will never leave or forsake me. He's washed my sins away. And so when family or loved ones accuse you, you just love them and say, you know, well, I'm not not what I ought to be, but I am a, a work in progress and Jesus loves me. So uh, you'll, you'll bear with me as, as God is working on me. And, and, you know, you can train yourself to positively see yourself through the lens of Scripture and through God's heart. Amen. So we're praying that you'll do that, Ruth. We're going to go to Mississippi and talk to Jeremy. Jeremy the prophet, welcome to the program. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, well, I was just listening to Ruth there, and my heart hurts for, you know, uh, we've mm. all probably been there. Um, you know, I think yep. of Jesus when he said he's about sin cast first stone and, uh, you know, but back to my question, um, my mother and I were talking last night and got into a discussion and I, I thought of y'all, I said, I know the people I could call for the, for the answer, but, uh, you know, we're talking about Cain and Abel, you know, Cain killed Abel and then he had to go off and, and, and marry and start a family and whatever. Who did he go marry? You know, where did, where did, you know, his wife come from? Alex, if Adam and Eve were the first people and they were the only people that was created, who'd he marry? Well, you know what? I, Cain's wife has got to be one of the most discussed, <laughs> speculated about people of all time. Uh, let me say who he didn't marry. There was no other race of people. There weren't some evolved primates on the other side of the planet uh, 1 Corinthians 15.45 says Adam was the first man. And Genesis 3.20 says Eve was, quote, the mother of all living. So there was no uh, you know, progenitor of the human race. Adam and Eve, they were the first. Eve was the mother of all human beings. Genesis 5.4 says that Adam and Eve had, quote, other sons and daughters. So uh, invariably Cain married one of the children of Adam and Eve. Now, brace yourself, folks. So Cain married a sister, a sibling, if you would, uh, because we're all related. In a way, everybody marries a relative. But here's the thing. By, you know, the years have gone by, I mean, at the time that Cain went to find his wife, many sons, daughters, grandchildren would have been born, and... um, so there was one of the one of the descendants of Adam that Cain married uh, a female, and uh, so it wasn't some person or other race of humans on another part of the planet. It whoever Cain's wife was, it had to have been one of the descendants of Adam and Eve. Thank you, Jeremy. That that is right on. I, there's biblically, there's no other answer. Thank yep. you, brother. Where we go so, to next? Uh, Al, uh, is this in Arkansas? Al? Uh, yeah, hey, hey, Alex. Uh, I appreciate taking. We're not gonna have time for this discussion anyway. I'm about to. I was traveling between jobs, and you guys are about done for the day. So instead of asking you the question, I'll just tell you how much I appreciate y'all, and um, you guys do a really good job. And and it's always 
kind of a peaceful uh, break from all the uh, political <laughs> uprisings and whatnot was, mm. was discussed. And so I just really appreciate the time that y'all take to stop and and discuss the scripture and make it applicable and then be, be able to minister to like that girl that just called and all that. So thank you much for, for what you do. Amen. God bless Al. you. Thank you. God bless you. Hey, Alex, uh, since we got yeah. time, I think we could have time to pray for Ruth and all the others. What do you think about it? Since let's the, do that. Would you let's lead us, that. brother? Let's do. Folks, uh, let's lift up Ruth in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for life. And we thank you for this radio show in the American Family Radio Network. And, Lord, I lift up Ruth right now. Just even that beautiful name reminds me of of your word. And so we ask right now that your Holy Spirit would minister to her. Lord, give her encouragement. Give her joy. Let her know that uh, by putting her faith in you, Jesus, her sins are forgiven, washed away, dropped in the depths of the sea, and remembered no more. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that she would not get discouraged, and even uh, loved ones and those closest to her would not bring her down. And Lord, give her the strength and the Holy Spirit guidance that when she has stress or people are accusing of her, that she can just smile and she can reflect Jesus back to them. And I pray that for all of us. Lord Jesus, may the way that we act and the way we react be pleasing in your sight. Father God, cleanse us and fill us and send us and use us. And may all of our ways be pleasing to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alex and Ruth. We really mean it. And do what I suggest. Write the name of Ruth down and pray for her for the next 24 hours before we come back. It's really 23 before we come back. But, Alex, Mm. hey, the Fishbowl Retreat's coming up October the 19th through the 21st at Pickwick Landing State Park. Ed Vitagliano's going to be with us. J.J. Jasper. Of course, my wife, Jan, will be there. And you can go to repairingthefoundations.net and register. Repairingthefoundations, that's plural, .net and register. We're having people already doing it. We'll always have a limited number. So pastors or those of you that want to send your pastor and his wife, register them and let them be a part of the Fishbowl 2021. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, you've been listening to Exploring the Word. Please tell somebody about the great programming of AFR and exploring the Word. Most of all, tell everybody about Jesus.